This is MMA Fight Music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Cage Side Submission with Steve Reichel and Rachel Blaze. I call to all You know it's like a rockets And I bust it through the door Break it through the ceiling And I open up the floor Make you split your head When you bang against a wall Blaze the full fury From a sight unseen Flipping on the podcast Central time three Throwing up a chunk For a breeding frenzy It's a talking fest The waters of this every easy Time to lay the smack down Lay it on your back now Focus on that moment When you bash it into round town Competition tries to stay up For the last round But we still have finished And we soaking up the live crowd Turn it up loud and make us all proud. Anyone who brought up Gary, leave them all up in the ground. Down low, cause it's hanging all up in the cloud. Cage by submission, gonna hit you like plow, loud, loud. So listen up, we're gonna let you out. It's MMA, we're pumping power. Now can you see? Turn up the volume, you lacking this out on the game and I just solved your problem. Cage submission is what you all been missing. All the latest news and interviews, come and give a listen. Steven breaks her high and low to give you something different. Get up on the fence and change it. UFC and Bellator against the fix of fight. You're not in the conversation, get your game tight. Just make sure with the light is green, you don't get day fright. Every Thursday night from eight to ten, prepare to watch your flight. When you call the sub, we'll be knocking you down. Facing the sound, it's the ground to pound. With some thought on the hand, with the kick in the crowd. When the calls are inbound, it's your voice, it's profound. If we game to a sound, it's world ring now. Go, go, Steven Go, go, Steven Rachel! Go, go, Steven Rachel! Welcome to the right now oh, okay. so I'm hosting <laughs> but I'm glad you called in so I could just go into the little intro hey guys welcome to blog talk radio for Cage Side Submission wow I can't even talk cool. Cage Side Submission this is Rachel Blaze reporting live with Art Davey on the phone hi Art hey really a pleasure to be here I am so excited that we're able to do this tonight Art and I'm so glad that you took the time out to be able to do this. Um, I don't know. I hope we got the chat. I don't I have no idea how to work it. I'm going to kill Steve, by the way. But <laughs> right, we okay. can do this, right? We can Absolutely. do this. Okay, so let's go, let's go into a little well, background on Rachel Blaze. I've yeah, done. You want to get this down? You want to get this down before uh, before Mr. Rose comes on? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I, I think I, I got this. I just got done doing some filming okay. for a little um, start of a little documentary. So before we even started the radio show, my friend Ray and I were doing some filming. So that was oh, wow. pretty exciting. 
Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of, there were some takes and cut threes and cut twos. and. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so I'll go into it because um, uh, those of people who are joining in and don't know who I am, a lot of the breast implant illness ladies, let me explain who I am. I am known as Rachel Blaze. I have been in the MMA industry a little over 10 years, probably a little longer than that. Um, I've done interviews. I've done podcasts with Cage Fight Submissions. I've done a lot of interviews with UFC fighters, Bellator fighters, um, Chicago fighters. I've even traveled to different states and did some coverage in Atlanta. I did coverage in um, Florida and a couple other states. I started off in the industry as a ring girl, did it a couple times, realized that it wasn't for me, and from that point on, realized that there was a whole other mission in MMA. Um, <laughs> and so with that being said, that's where Unity Fighters First Foundation started was because I was hearing different things from different fighters, um, talking about some of the things that they thought were unfair or unjust, um, such as losing right. their pay that they, they were promised. Um, and so now I've had to take a break over the last seven years because I've became severely ill, um, which now we know the exact root cause of everything that happened over the last seven years, And I, which I don't think I told you this. Um, actually, I traced back my medical records all the way from, um, oh, my goodness, 10 years. And realized that I was reacting to my breast implants um, since they were ever put into my body, which I couldn't correlate the symptoms because at that time they were super minor, um, nothing to really say, oh, it's my breast implants. Uh, but anyway. Rachel, Rachel, isn't what, what they always tell you to, to do is to write down a chronological list of your symptoms when they first develop because then, then you can see whatever yeah. the pattern is. Yes, and I have actually been doing that, which is really awesome. I have been listing everything from the beginning. But I want i kind of introduced myself. I would like to introduce our baby, my good friend. He just got inducted into the Hall of Fame for UFC, which is awesome. Congratulations to you, Art. Thank you, Rachel. Yeah, that so was, I that just was a big thrill for us on, uh, on July 5th. Uh, after 25 years, uh, I'm finally a UFC Hall of Famer. So thank you, Rachel, for bringing that up. I am so glad, and it's about time. It's finally your due to have this done, and I'm so glad that they finally came around and did it. Um, I just wanted people to know, that, in case somebody was chiming in that didn't know who you were, that they now know who you are, and um, hopefully they'll follow you along. Um, some of my friends will find you on Facebook or follow along your journey. Um, let's talk about, let's talk about, obviously everybody knows that it's breast implant illness. And a year and a half ago, it was a woman who found me on Facebook and told mm-hmm. me that, hey, um, do you have breast implants? I was like, yeah, I have breast implants. What has that got to do with anything about me being sick? And she told me to join the group. And obviously, Healing Breast Implant Illness by Nicole was only 23,000 at that time. And now it's 50,000 women. So it's grown tremendously within a year and a half. It's doubled. 
Rachel, isn't so it true people- that, uh, that, 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 the, that the illness has been kind of an inconvenient truth and in the sense that uh, it's been advertised as safe by, you know, plastic surgeons, doctors in the medical community. So they always wind up treating just symptoms and rather than the, really, the, 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 the systemic cause. So that, that's what's been the real uh, eye-opener is to, for a lot of people to realize that the implants themselves, with their potential to hold mold and to cause toxic reaction, are really the, the, uh, the root problem. Is that basically the, the kind of the way to sum that up? Absolutely. Absolutely. And from learning, uh, obviously, me trying to push for emergency surgery and none of my doctors want to do it, um, it's not recognized in the medical field. And if it's not in their medical book, then um, they're not going to accept it as an illness. And so, hence, there's a group of women who are actually traveling to the FDA to get some kind of voice, something done about this, because way too many women are getting sick. Yeah. And so and, now and it's that, becoming and an it, epidemic. It, it, I mean, yeah, and you know what's fascinating? It looks like is that, that, you know, you wind up just treating symptoms, and it seems like the medical industry doesn't want to acknowledge that something that has been pushed as something that's safe for so long really isn't safe. So for years, they were, they were just treating your symptoms. Isn't that true? That is correct. That is correct. And um, diagnosis, like guessing diagnosis, that's where the, the lupus came about and the fibromyalgia. Obviously, um, that is not the case. At that time, they wanted to prescribe me 22 medications. And I, I was like, I am not taking all these medications. Um, thank God I, my tests are normal, but what I'm dealing with right now, what my tests are showing is inflammation, like a chronic allergic informa- inflammation. It's a chronic uh, infl- inflammatory response system that actually, re- you know, is due from my breast implants, causes so many chemical, like so many insensitivity or sensitivities in my body, such as food and um pets and different things that ordinarily I've never had an issue with. Um, I have allergies, but like environmental allergies, never anything excruciating like what it is right now. I mean, to the point where I'm only able to eat vegetables and I'm only able to like, you know, a limit of those vegetables and a limit of those fruits. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. And isn't it true that in many cases it winds up creating not only food intolerances and chemical sensitivities, but uh, it creates new allergies as well, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously I went public and showed the public um, how awful, how really honestly how ugly breast implant illness really is. And I'm hoping with me being able to expose how ugly I have been over the last few few years, that most people won't want to get breast implants, um, but there are raw images out there that actually show how bad it gets. And I've sent them to you, and I've sent them to a few people, and I went public. So that was very hard for me to do, but I really wanted them to see the raw of this illness and not just be able to see after I explant how healthy I am. You know, so is it really I'm, the manufacturers and the doctors that have kind of pushed – uh, this uh, this myth that they're safe and that there's really no problem, and yet there's this silent epidemic going on, 
And uh, so the inconvenient truth is that breast implants, you know, cause systemic harm. But it seems like the doctors and the, med- and the manufacturers have, have done a pretty good job of obscuring that. Do you think that's the case? Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. In my case, um, I've literally had doctors tell, well, when I went to the emergency room, literally tell me that I am not a medical emergency. And so um, it's just interesting to think about, <laughs> it is interesting to think about so many doctors. I mean, 25 of my specialists, I all, I've, I've all told them that my breast implants, I'm reacting to my breast implants, they're making me sick. And I'm like, oh, that's not possible. You know, it's got to be something else. And then they keep digging and digging, and they don't find anything else. So so the doctors generally focus on on the local complications. So without disclosing the fact that that this is a foreign body reaction based on, on, on a reaction of the silicone, the heavy metals, and uh, and 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 I understand that the textured implants are some of the are the worst or the most problematic of all. Is that true? Oh, that's absolutely true. Um, textured implants are really bad. Um, I mean, those ones that end up they are the ones that have usually typically developed the lymphoma cancer. However, right, that's what I was reading. Three, yeah. Yes, there are three current cases right now this year, three different women who filed lawsuits with their breast implant companies who actually have smooth saline implants. They were they contracted that rare cancer, that lymphoma cancer. Is, is that also known as silicone inflatable, the saline-filled breast prosthesis? Is, is that what that is? Is that what most people understand the implants to be? Oh, yeah. Silicone inflatable? No. No? Actually, honestly, my saline implants I had because I I decided not to go with silicone. I thought that my saline implants had nothing to do with silicone until I was just educated. The ingredients, the shell itself is still silicone. Oh, right. Okay. So, Rachel, explain for people what exactly is an explant because that's what I've been reading about. And I understand that's the most important step toward real recovery. So, so that, that really re- involves removing the, 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 the implant itself and then whatever toxic interference exists as well. That is a pretty complicated process, isn't it? Oh, it's very complicated. It's not as simple as placing them into a woman's body, that's for sure. The, what happens is the body for, forms, excuse me, forms a capsule around basically a scar tissue, a scar capsule around the implant Uh itself. And it encapsulates, you know, the implant. And that's basically the body's response of saying, hey, there's a foreign object in my, in the body. I need to protect the rest of the body. Right. You know, this, um, but not realizing that the breast implant, right. Not realizing that the breast implant itself, they're finding biofilms on. So now you're putting this breast implant that you think is safe into your body and it all already has, a biofilm attached to it. So then the scar tissue films forms around it. And basically what I've learned is saline, saline of any kind has a shelf life. So if you go to the emergency room and you get an IV, that IV actually has a, a shelf life. 
the saline solution in my body or inside my implants has a shelf life. And then, no, it's not a lifetime mm. guarantee. And, no, it's not 10 years. Um, mm. Now it's more susceptible to growing molds and fungus and bacterias. And, um, but the shell itself is made of over 40 toxic chemicals. Mm. So, unfortunately, um, I got stuck with silicone even though I have saline. So I mm-hmm. have not only whatever's inside the saline solution that's lurking into the body, but I have this silicone implant, the bag itself. And so when we talk about surgery, when we talk about explant, there are only a few surgeons around the country that actually, and outside the country, there's one in Costa Rica, who actually can perform the surgery correctly. So when they go in, they have to basically go under the muscle, minor under the muscle, They'll have to do muscle Mm -hmm. repair because they may have to cut some of that muscle to get to the implant. And then Mm. they may have to scrape your rib cage because that implant and that scar tissue, that capsule, has adhered to your rib cage. Mm. And so they have to remove it as a whole piece. So the implant and the capsule need to be removed together. Um, Mm. They can't just go in there and poke a hole in the implant, deflate it, and hopefully your body will absorb it, which it doesn't, um, you can't do that. You have to take it out as a whole. So now it's a larger incision under the breast. It is mm. uh, my, my, And then you've mm. got to scrape the rib cage in order to get that capsule and implant out. Then once they now, get it out, mm-hmm. then they can test for bacteria, they can test for fungus, they can test for mold, they can test for that mold. cancer, that rare right. lymphoma cancer. They can swab it and send it off to pathology. Now, Rachel, today there are some surgeons that are specializing in just removing these implants. Obviously, in the early stages of this phenomena with breast implants, they were only interested in installing them. But now, apparently, given the problems that women have been experiencing, there are now some specialized surgeons that focus on just removing them. Is that true? That is true. Actually, there are a couple of surgeons that will not, absolutely refuses to put implants in a woman's body. So now their focus is only to explant and get these toxic bags out of women's bodies. That is how serious it is. There's only a few doctors that do that because obviously putting them into a woman's body is big business. You know, Mm. that's a lot of money that they're losing. So with that being said, um, now more doctors are are explanting than they are implanting, which is the good news, which is good, but it's an epidemic. Like you said, it's a silent epidemic that nobody is aware of. Now, now Rachel, also, you've had such an ongoing problem with this over over so many years. Will you tell people what sort of symptoms that you've had to deal with? I, I hear about things like fatigue, brain fog, aches joint pain, even hair loss. Have you experienced a wide range of of symptoms as a result of these implants? Oh, my goodness. The list goes on and on. Yes, I have low adrenals. I have my thyroid. I have issues with my thyroid. um, I have rashes. I have chronic staph infections, chronic sinus infections, hence which is why they needed to do surgery because my sinus cavities had completely inflamed up and swelled to the point where I couldn't even breathe out of my nose. I had to breathe through my mouth, which is causing wow. my mouth to dry up. 
Um, I've wow. had eye infections, chronic eye infections. I've had facial swellings where you couldn't even recognize my face. I've had major hair loss. My hair was a lot thicker than what it is now. Um, oh, wow. I've had, obviously, rashes. You've seen how bad the rashes are. I have burning yes. inside my body that excavates out into my skin, and so my skin burns. You've and there's so many with, other with, more with symptoms. Food allergies and as well, huh? well, Yeah, the longer that these implants stay into my body, the worse I get. And that's why it's so important to get these out as soon as humanly possible. Rachel, Rachel, talk about the fact that a lot of people have, have not really gotten into understand this phenomena, this problem. And you've had to live with this and explain this to people. Do you think that there's a certain amount of prejudice out there that people don't understand how tragic and what kind of a silent epidemic this is? Have you had to deal with that personally? Oh, yeah. I have, I've had to deal with that personally. Absolutely. I've been attacked on my Twitter. I've been attacked on my Facebook page. I've, I've literally had people say, I'm, I don't want to donate because you did this to yourself. Um, you know, not even really asking questions about how it right. came about or even, in, even inquiring about the story. They're just automatically judgmental and saying, well, you did it because you wanted big boobs. No, yeah. actually, I didn't do it because I wanted big boobs. <laughs> So, honestly, I, w- I could do without big boobs. They're heavy. I'm not going to lie. They're very heavy. But, yes, I have been criticized. I have been – I've lost 300 followers on my Instagram. I've, I've had people unfollow mm. me on Twitter. I'm like, you know what? I'm bold enough to take a stand. I'm bold enough to show you the ugly part of this illness. I'm bold enough to spread awareness, irregardless to what anyone thinks. But I tell you what, the first couple of criticisms I got, I was very upset. It did kind of make me tear up. And then now I'm a little bit tougher, and now I'm like, you know what, that's your opinion. But there's somebody else out there who's going to listen and who's going to want to hear it. So a few bad apples out of there, out, out in the world is not going to stop me from being able to expose the ugliness of breast implant illness. Well, you know, I think uh, it's really important today what you're doing. And, you know, I've been very supportive of your efforts in this area, knowing that you had a great uh, position as an ambassador for MMA with Rachel's kids. Uh, yeah, I know you've always been so active and so involved with veterans groups and so forth. So I think it's really good for you to be standing up and talking not only about your own situation, but how many other women, quite frankly, out there in, in the Western world who have, have gone in this direction, gotten these breast implants, and are now, after time, seeing the amount of problems there are. It looks like this is now a, a real epidemic, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, for me to join the group a year and a half ago, and there was only 23,000 women in that group, and now it's right. up to 50,000, we've doubled that group number. Wow. And every day, from what I'm understanding from Nicole, she's adding three to 400 women a day. That so there really, there really is a women. message. That, that's a lot of women. And it goes to show you that your message is really an important one at this time because this is a problem that hasn't been uh, fully understood. And what you're doing is helping get people understand it. And I think that's really admirable. I appreciate that, Art. And I really appreciate your support. I tell you what, I, it was hard for me to even think about doing something like this. If I didn't have some kind of support system such as yourself, 
Man, Art, I, I tell you what, I mean, I think we blew people's minds with the poster. We blew people's minds with, uh, what is this? Uh, what? Yes. Breast plant? Right. Breast plant right. People can't even say it. And people who have breast implants are like, oh, no, no, no way. And I'm not going to lie. I understand those women who are like, no, not me. I'm not sick. My breast implants, no, no, they're fine. Right. But honestly... Right. It comes to a point where you're so sick that you're like, what else could it possibly be? And there's no difference in my body. So what's going on? It's got to be my breast implant. And then you can't challenge. You can't challenge when women get those explants and they remove those implants and their capsules. Let me reiterate that. And it's so important to remove the scar tissue. Otherwise, you remain sick. But you cannot right. deny the fact that women are getting pathology. You cannot deny that they are getting 95% better from removing their breast implants. That is a fact. You can't deny pathology is now finding silicone in organs. They're finding silicone in lymph nodes. And your body cannot absorb silicone. Right. It cannot right. get rid of silicone. It is in your body. And that's yeah, everybody represents a foreign substance. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I don't know if you've seen any of the surgeries. Okay, they call a silicone implant a rupture. Me, personally, the way it looks to me, it looks like it disintegrated and melted in their bodies and just kind of mm. like, eh, it melted. The, 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 the actual shell actually melted that holds mm. it in. And I'm finding that if you if you put it into your body, your body is at a certain body temperature. Then right. you put in this silicone or a saline implant, you heat it up beyond the temperature that it's supposed to be, which nobody knows that, that you right. can't just put it into a higher temperature. Imagine putting a frozen item, a solid item, into your microwave and then going right. to cook it. It eventually it eventually melts and just, you know, melts down and you are able right. to eat it because it's softer. While you right. take heat, think about our MMA female athletes. Let's talk about how they're constantly working out every day. I don't know how many hours, four or five hours a day, they're heating up their body. They're going into hot saunas. Right. They're going into hot tubs. They're going to all these different right. treatments, red sauna lights, which is horrible for women who have breast implants, tanning beds. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about a girl, a, a female athlete, getting into the octagon, getting ready to fight, thinking her breast implants are awesome, and she gets kicked in her breast implant, and all that silicone spills out in her body. Let's talk about that. Right. Wow. They're uh, more, Rachel, more Rachel. at risk. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Rachel. No, uh, go ahead. A number of a number of women, a number of famous women, have started to confront this issue. For for some of the audience who might not be familiar with some of the women that have had to deal with this, can you name some of the women who have, start, have gone public with this issue and have brought some attention and awareness to implant illness? Well, I'll tell you what. The biggest names that I know of right now um, are Hugh Hefner's wife. Hugh Hefner's uh, wife. And if you don't know who, if you don't know who Hugh Hefner is, um, <laughs> Hugh Hefner is the Playboy, you know, millionaire gazillionaire that talked about boobies and women all day long every day. Um, right. But his wife went in and had her breasts removed. She was so sick, and there was right. no answers. None of her doctors could tell her what was wrong. But as soon as she explanted, she got her life back. 
So they were probably doing the same thing with her. They were probably treating the doctors were probably treating her symptoms. And that's been your experience, treating the symptoms. Yes, yes. Uh, completely agree. And this, and the other thing is now we got Karen McDougal. She was a Playboy mate. We got uh-huh. um, Melissa Gilbert. Melissa Gilbert, Gilbert from the Little actress. House on the Prairie. Yes, right. she just had her breast implants removed. I have a couple other ones that had their breast implants removed. I don't remember their names off the top of the off of my head. But you've got fitness trainers. You've got people mm. with hundreds of thousands of followers. You've got supermodels you got and they're drastically getting better after they remove Mm. the capsule and the implant they're getting 95 percent better hi lisa okay you said the comment she said it is crazy that doctors won't remove them without you paying in full up front that's crazy emergency surgery for removal should be covered by insurance that is correct lisa in a perfect world Yes. yes that would be perfect but unfortunately, the, just like the medical industry, they, the insurance companies don't believe in breast implant illness either. It could be, you could be on your deathbed, and they're still going to say, no, it's not your breast implants. Why? Nobody wants to go up against Allergan or uh, McGann mm, or any of those larger right. companies. It's their billion-dollar right. industry. Nobody wants right. to stand against them. And that's the issue. Okay, if you get... Joe Blow doctor over here, and he says, okay, it's your breast implants. Guess what? He may lose his practice. Exactly. You have no idea what these billion-dollar companies can do to a little person who's running his little practice in a small town. Or the insurance company that says, hey, I'm going to pay for her explant, and we're going to acknowledge that she has breast implant illness. There, I'm not going to lie, there are some, very little, but some insurance companies that will pay for it. Unfortunately, the insurance I have will not pay for mine. Um, mm. It's unfortunate. Tell, tell, tell um, the listeners, Rachel, what's involved in terms of what kind of an operation is that? What does it cost? How long does it take? What's the recovery period? Um, the operation, uh, it, well, it can range anywhere from four to eight hours, depending on how serious, how bad the, um, how bad it the is. Complications to take it out. are. Yeah. Right, and complications and how sick your body is. So mm. um, I, I'll give you a little example. There's a beautiful woman we've been talking, and she's got kind of the same symptoms, although her symptoms are pretty bad. She has, I don't know what it's called. It's something where her throat closes. And mm. she was actually going in that day for her surgery, and they said, nope, we're not going to do surgery because I don't want to ruin your vocal cords. Your throat is too closed, so if I stick that tube down your throat, I may huh. permanently damage your vocal cords. So wow. she's so sick and so inflamed that she couldn't even get her surgery done. So wow. the, what I'm saying with this, the longer they stay in, the worse you get. And then the likelihood of you getting the surgery is, is it's hard. Now you've got to yeah. treat it before you can go in. Um, and so anyway, it could be about four to eight hours. And the healing time is ridiculous. It's about, uh, depending, some women three to four weeks off from work, um, no heavy mm. lifting for six weeks. That means mm. no heavy lifting. That means no lifting anything above, I believe they said, 10 pounds. Um, wow. Surgery can cost anywhere from, you know, $8,000 on up to $15,000. 
and Dr. Wow. Fang in Ohio charges $20,000. But you're talking about a doctor who only explants and believes in breast implant illness, and also she does all her work based out of the Cleveland um, Cleveland Clinic, I believe. And she's highly sought after. She's got a waiting list. Same thing with a couple of the other doctors. Like I said, there's three experts that I know of, like top dog experts that know how to get it out, and they've been doing it for 15, 20, 22 years, and they know how to do it. Some you, doctors you know of one in you know of one in Illinois and one in Newport Beach, California, don't you? Yes, I do. And uh, my first preference is New, Newport, um, California. Obviously, he is expensive it is anywhere from three to six month wait um wow include everything it's it's about fifteen thousand dollars to go see doctor you know that doctor in california and that doesn't include your airfare that doesn't include you have to stay in california for two weeks because you have drains in your breast right that have wow. to be removed so what happens with those drains those drains are there so that you don't develop a hematoma I'm not, uh, I can't tell you what a hematoma is. I am not an expert in that. <laughs> I just know that it's not good. Um, and it has to be treated right away, and it may require another surgery. So that is, a, you know, that's a, there's a lot of complications that can come with this surgery. I mean, some women may pull out. Some women may come out, and they're fine and great and don't develop anything. Um, Ra- Rachel, so, Rachel, let's tell the listeners what you've been doing to address the fact that you're going to need some serious surgery and it's going to cost a fair amount of money. Now, you've done some interesting things. You've reached out to people in the MMA community. You've been Tell them about this T-shirt campaign and your GoFundMe campaign, because both of those things have been important steps in the process of you healing yourself and saving your life. Yes. Um, I, see, well, I kind of... I kind of inboxed at, uh, Tim from Grunt Style, and I said, hey, I kind of need to, you know, you know, kind of ask you a little advice. And so right. I told him about a T-shirt, and I said, I want, I want to do a T-shirt. And I don't know how about to go about it. You guys do a badass design. I'd love to know any ideas or what we can do. So Tim said, hey, uh, yeah, I can absolutely help you. Let's have a conference call. So I told him what I wanted on the shirt. And what I was looking for, not only did I want to raise the funds to get my surgery, because obviously I'm a single mom. I've right. lost a lot over the last seven years career-wise. I'm not making the money I was. So we, he, they developed the T-shirt. There was a couple, a couple designs that came to me, and then finally this design came across. Not only did they do the front and back, but they did the sleeves. They also put in Nicole's website on the sleeve. They also, right. I didn't realize how big the picture of myself and the ribbon was on the back or on the front of the right. shirt. So they yeah. did above and beyond. You want to get in your chat, honey. Um, above and beyond to design this T-shirt. It's everything that I wanted. So not only did I want to raise um, funds for surgery, but I also wanted to raise awareness. A lot of people don't know what breast implant illness is or what breast right. implants are capable of doing so I wanted to raise awareness and that was something that was really important to me so not only does the shirt raise awareness but it also helps me part of the proceeds goes to surgery then I I was requested to have a GoFundMe 
Oh, I'm totally, I didn't want to do it. I'm going to be real. I'm going to keep it real. I didn't want to do it. And so a lot of people inboxed me and said, Rachel, you need to do a GoFundMe. So I did. I created the GoFundMe. We have about, I believe it's like $1,425. And I've had this going for the last, I think it's 14 days now. And I appreciate everyone who is donating. I absolutely do. Um, But it's not going it's not going as quick as I had imagined it would, and I guess I understand now why, because obviously the negative comments now have made me think about, oh, is this what people really think? I did this to myself, and I deserve to die because I made right. a bad choice? Right. So I made an analogy video, and I said, you know what? I said, those who support cancer and donate to cancer, let's talk about it, because I have. I've donated my whole check to somebody who had cancer. So let's talk mm-hmm. about cancer. So to these people, are you saying that somebody who is a firefighter and goes into these smoke buildings, which obviously I have an uncle who died from cancer who did that. He was Mm -hmm. a firefighter. And his cause was he was a fireman. So somebody who goes into a blazing fire as as a career, is it his fault that he developed throat cancer? Is it his fault that he developed any type of cancer because of the career that he chose to be in? Because he wanted That's a to good save analogy. lives. Right. Yeah. Or let's talk about the smoker. I have a grandfather. He died of can- love, a very, very rare progressive cancer. He smoked in his entire life. Not only did he smoke his entire life, but he smoked until the point where cigarettes were still burning in his mouth and he'd fall asleep on the couch. That's how bad of a smoker he was. So are we going to mm-hmm. say he's to blame because he developed lung cancer and still not helped him? No, a lot of people donate to cancer, to cancer patients, and not realizing what their cause is. But if you knew the cause, would it, would it even matter? So why is, it, why is it that people are so hesitant to donate to something that can save my life, number one? Number two, after I get this explant, what I plan on doing is promoting body positive image for young ladies and women. Yes who want to get breast implants. My whole mission has changed now. Now I want to be able to help other women raise funds to X. I want to be able to raise more awareness about this by doing public speaking and talking to young girls groups, high school girl groups, um, college girls. That makes sense to me because now we're going to stop this cycle of your body has to be perfect. Right. Your body has to have implants in order for you to have modeling or your body has to be perfect in order to take pictures or whatever it is that right. you want to do. Now right. I want to stop that stigma. Now I want to stop that. But I can't do that if I'm six feet in the ground. I can't do that if I'm still sick. That's so why it's important for you to keep fighting. Yes. I'm going to keep fighting. And some of the comments that they said were a little hurtful, but now I've built up a little backbone. Like uh, I really don't care what you have to say. That is your opinion. And if it's not positive, I don't really care what you have to say. So you're doing important work here. You're doing important work, Rachel, because this is a, is an epidemic that isn't completely understood, but I think that what you're doing and what others are doing in this genre is going to grow and will steamroll and I think there's going to be five years from today, I think there'll be a real awareness that this is something that never should have been done. 
The idea of these implants no. was a bad idea. The manufacturers and the medical profession kept it hidden, and it became a silent epidemic. I am so glad you said that because I've been blamed for not doing enough research and being stupid to put plastic in my body. Let's talk about that real quick. Back 11 years ago, when I had them placed into my body, which I now calculated, it has been 11 years. This is my 11th year. Um, right. I have calculated. I have did my. I did my research. I googled. I did everything. I even, you know, went to 17 different surgeons before I found the one that I thought was going to do the good job. Um, right. And so, I did do the research. But at the time, the only thing you could find was. Silicone this, silicone that. Silicone has been removed off the market. And then when I got my saline implants, they had just brought back um, silicone breast implants. So I Mm -hmm. opted to go with saline because I thought it was the safest option. Safer. Right. Right. And I was told by my surgeon, it's the safest option. You're going to be just fine, Rachel. They're FDA approved. You know, they're not like silicone where they remove them off the market. Although he was trying to convince me to do silicone because he's like, oh, now they have these gummy beer ones and they have this one and they have that one. And I was like, no, 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 I don't, nope, I don't want it. Nope, don't want it. (laughs) So (laughs) I made at that time an intelligent decision to say, no, I'm going to go with saline implants. But I never was told that the implant bag itself was made out of silicone. I was never told that. And there was nothing listed on any website that said, hey, this is what over 40 chemicals this bag is made out of. Let me tell you how they found out about these chemicals and what these bags were made out of. They found out because an attorney won his lawsuit for his client and told the judge, they need to tell us what the ingredients are in these implants. The judge said, absolutely. He ordered it, and now it's become public knowledge. Now you can wow. Google breast implants, and now you're going to get all of this stuff that comes up. Not only are you going to get plastic surgeons, but now you're yeah. going to get the truth about breast implants, whereas myself and thousands of other women back then, there was no eleven years ago. You, was, you had no, you had no information like that, Rachel. None, none. No, absolutely not. And so, for someone to tell me I'm an idiot or you're a dumb fucking bitch is basically what he said. I'm gonna put it out there. Um, you shouldn't have got it in your body in the first place. So why would I donate to you? There are other people that need real surgeries. Well, let me tell you. This is a real surgery. This is a real illness. This is a crisis, not only for myself, but thousands of women. And now we're we're halfway to the 100,000 mark. Halfway there, Art, halfway to 100,000 women in this group. That says a lot. The more and more that we raise awareness, the more someone like myself a year and a half ago that had still had no clue that my breast implants could possibly be making me sick, not even thinking it would even be a foreign object in my body because I was told it was safe. So now you've got other women who are in there in my shoes a year and a half ago who have been sick for 7, 8, 10, 11 years and have no clue that their breast implants, their, their toxic time bombs in their chest are releasing all these chemicals into their body. 
So now that's why it's so important to purchase a Grinch style T-shirt. Let me tell you, since I've been wearing my Grinch style T-shirt, I've had people ask me, oh, my God, what is breast implant illness? What is that? Is that you? Yeah, that's me. That's why I I got to tell you, Rachel. I got to tell you, Rachel, I was at the gym the other day and I had my T-shirt on. With, uh, with your picture on the back, the breast Im- illness implant uh, T-shirt. And I, people came up to me and said, Art, what's that you're wearing? So I was getting to explain it to people who I could tell were hearing it for the first time and that there was not a, 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 a real general awareness of what this epidemic has been. So I think that your T-shirt is a step in the right direction. It's helping to educate people, and that's a good thing. Okay. Yeah. And see, I think – it was a great idea. I mean, to come up with this T-shirt concept, I mean, you helped me with it. You helped me with the breast implant, um, you know, the whole poster. You put that together, and people are like, people laughed at it, like, ah, ha, ha, look at Rachel. Like, are you kidding me? No. And now people are like, oh, well, let me look into this. Let me find out what this is. Oh, there's a T-shirt with Grunt style. Okay, this is serious. Let me check this out. Um, Absolutely. It's definitely. It's definitely raising questions. It's raising eyebrows, and people are more involved. But now I'm finding out people are hesitant to donate because they're judging me. But don't judge me. Why would you judge me? Everybody in the entire world makes a a mistake. Everybody in the entire world has done something that they probably sure. shouldn't have and regretted it later. Absolutely. And I'm going to say Absolutely. this publicly. Yeah, that's good. I have beaten myself up daily about getting the implants that have made me sick. Okay, okay, Tamara, I, Jeff, okay. Um, that has, I beat myself daily, but I don't need a stranger or someone that barely even knows me or has not seen the illness up front and personal like some people in my life. Right. For them to tell me what they have said is ridiculous. The judging has got to stop. We've got to put that aside, pick up our human side, and say, okay, I'm going to donate. And honestly, Art, I did a video, and I said, if everybody on my Facebook page, because I have 5,000 friends, if everybody donated $2, that's $10,000. Right. right. That's $10,000. If everybody just reached in and did $2. It's not like I'm saying, give me all your money, give me your $100 bills, give me your 50s. I'm saying $2. Two. I've been urging, I've $2 been urging can my make a followers. Huge difference. I have 5,000 followers also on Facebook. I've been urging them to do the same thing. I think we're doing a good thing, Rachel. I think we're creating a real awareness about a problem which has become an epidemic, but um, there isn't enough information about it, and I think it's important, the work that you're doing. Thank you, Art. I really appreciate it, and it helps to have a um, good support system. I have you, and I, you know, I have some people I consider family, and I've got my mom, and, um, you know, I need I, – I just got done doing filming with Dre, and uh, we're working on a little documentary about breast implant illness. I'm, I'm getting ready to release the raw, uncut realness and, and of this illness, what my family, what people close to me see on a daily basis, I am willing to put myself out there publicly so people can see and people can say, oh, my God, I don't want breast implants. I'm going to look like that in a couple of years. Uh-uh, I don't right. want that. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the realness, and that takes a bold, strong person to do it, and I, I, I guess God chose me. I'm going to do it. 
I'm willing to do it. I'm a, if I if I lose five thousand more followers, I don't care because there's going to be at least five people that are going to say, "Ooh, I don't want breast implants. Nope, I'm going to use my savings for something else." Well, you've also got Jeff Rose coming see- on in a few minutes, uh, and Jeff, yep, uh, tell absolutely. everyone who, who Jeff is. Uh, Jeff Rose is getting ready. Um, actually, he's called in. Um, he is an advocate um, for breast implant illness. He is a husband of a wife who was very ill um, with breast implant illness, and obviously she had her surgery and explanted, which he'll you know talk about. He advocates for women who have breast implant illness. He tries to tell people what the appropriate ways to have an M-block surgery. If you're going to find a surgery, a surgeon, make sure you find somebody who's going to perform it correctly. Um, he works out of a aqua plastic a surgeons, I believe, in Florida. And if I said that wrong, Jeff is going to have to correct me. But yes, um, he was willing. He's willing to come on tonight and talk about it. So now we have a husband, a male perspective besides myself. Right who is now right. going to talk about his experience with breast implant illness and thousands of patients that he's worked with. Well, Rachel, I want to, again, applaud you for what you're doing, and I want to tell all my followers out there that this is Art Davy, the creator and co-founder of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, and do what I did. Send a few dollars to Rachel. She's one of us. She's one of our people, and she's fighting a noble fight, and she's doing something to deal with a silent epidemic. So all of my friends, please reach into your wallets, take out one or $2 and send it to Rachel. She's, she's my pal, and uh, it's important that we support her in this important work. I want to thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Art. I appreciate you coming on. I am so grateful that you uh, did this show with me tonight. It's good to actually show support, and uh, it's a hard cause. I'm not going to lie. It's a hard cause. Well, keep keep up the good fight, young lady. I love what you're doing. You're a tough Irish girl, and that's what this is all about. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Art. God bless my jeans, right? <laughs> Thank you, Art. Have a good night. Now we're going to bring on Jeff Rose. Take a little brief pause here while we try to get Jeff Rose back on the line. I don't know how to do it. I believe she's supposed to do it. Excuse me, this is my first time actually hosting a blog talk radio show, so I don't know how to, like, connect somebody. Um, Oh, he's not on. So if anybody wants to ask questions, the the chat room is open. Um, You can definitely – oh, he is connected. Jeff, are, Jeff, are you there? Yes, I can. I can hear you, Rachel. How are you? Oh, good. I, look, this is my first time actually hosting. I was just told today I was going to be hosting by myself, and I'm like, uh, yeah, awesome. Okay, I can do this. <laughs> um, Jeff, I just had. Yeah, I'm here, Rachel. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me on this evening. You are very welcome. It's our pleasure to have you on. I just had Art Davey on, uh, the co-founder and originator of UFC, and uh, he just got inducted to the Hall of Fame, and we were talking about the campaign a little bit. So now, Jeff, I I was trying to explain um, your role. I basically said that you are you advocate and you work out of uh, out of Florida, um, I believe, right. and you can correct me if I'm wrong. 
aquaplastic surgeon? Yes, uh, I, I work it. for aquaplastic surgery, which we have um, two physicians, uh, Dr. David Rankin and Dr. Dev, which is an abbreviation so people can pronounce his name correctly. But, um, you know, two double board that. certified <laughs> surgeons who are microsurgeons, and they do specialize in removing the implants correctly in the on-block procedure. I know I heard you and a lot of people make this mistake because it's spelled N-block, but it's actually a French term. And so the proper way to pronounce it is on-block because the French Canadians actually are the experts in this field. So that's where that term originated from. So the N-block uh, spelling is actually said on block, and that's on a block. term okay. on block. Yes, there's even many surgeons that mispronounce it, so don't feel bad. There's, you know, probably the majority of people will mispronounce it, but it is a French term, and it simply means because it's the most important part of the surgery, and being in surgery, it's the removal of the breast implants with scar tissue attached to it, which is known as the capsule, coming out all in one piece. Many women, when they see it on the videos that I take of the surgery, they say, it looks like I'm giving birth to my breast implants because as it's coming out of your chest, it looks like as the doctor cradles it in two hands, it looks like you're giving birth to your breast implant. But it is such a vital part of the surgery because literally it's the difference between a woman getting their health back and not getting their health back. So that's how important it is. Right. Now that you've, um, you've said that, let's talk about your experience with breast implant illness. Obviously your wife, um, who obviously came down, um, she had breast implants and she was very ill. And it's good to get a male perspective about breast implant illness. So I'm hoping that you could tell us about your experience with uh, being a husband and dealing with breast implant illness. Absolutely. And, you know, that's, I was listening to you and I, you know, discuss this and you both brought up some really good points about the acceptance of this and also the support that you need but is lacking in many cases. And what happened with me, and I think to realize that I'm not just somebody who was married to somebody that got sick, but my background is I was working in plastic surgery in Beverly Hills, which is the, of course, the plastic surgery capital of the world. So nobody understands cosmetic surgery. And, you know, you mentioned how, you know, I regret it. And we all have done things that we regretted one day. We all wish we could turn the clock back, but we can't. And the one thing that I guess it was meant to be for me to understand was that no woman gets breast implants to want to get them out. And I think that's the biggest mistake that mainstream medicine, 
doesn't understand or the average person doesn't understand is that women are not going around saying, you know what, I'm sick because of my breast implants. It's a process of elimination, as you know, where as happened with my wife, even though I knew about the surgery process, understanding what has to be done to do a proper explant, I had heard of women who would explant because I used to refer to women for many years to qualified explant doctors that in the old days women were getting, you know, really big implants, whether they would request it or sometimes the doctor would put them in bigger than women would want to. So a lot of times there would be pain issues, neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, chest pain. So a woman may not be able to handle such large implants because of their frame, and they would either want to get them replaced with smaller ones or in many cases just get them out totally. So I would tell them in order to do this surgery properly, it has to be done in that on-block technique. A doctor has to know how to scrape tissue off of rib cage and or muscle. So it takes a special amount of training and it takes a real specialist to do this. 99% of doctors who do implants are not qualified to remove them. And the reason is when you put them in, you're, you're starting with a chest cavity and brand new implants. Now when you're removing them, you're removing them with older implants with a lot of scar tissue covering them called a capsule and then residual scar tissue that is adhered to the rib cage and muscles and has to be removed in its entirety 100% where the patient will not get better. So in the case of my wife, when she was, all of you ladies know, after giving birth, what happened to your breast, they start to sag. So being in breast surgery and knowing so many plastic surgeons, my wife is like, hook me up to the implant. And of course I did. There was no reason not to. Everyone was told they were safe. I certainly thought that they were safe completely. So I got her implants. She was very, very happy with them. And five years into them, she started to, like every six weeks, maybe come down with a cold, a low-grade fever, just not feeling well on a fairly regular basis. Where I used to joke with her, we used to go to the gym together, and I would say, you know, you're the healthiest sick person I've ever met. She was just always getting sick. And then finally, it just got to the point where she was getting sicker with more symptoms, um, you know, activities, um, digestive issues, um, anxiety, uh, migraine headaches, uh, some blurry vision, um, a lot of fatigue um, to the point where you would definitely call it chronic fatigue. And then also, and, he, and remember, she was in her 30s, so she was young, and she was also getting brain fog. And my wife is very, very smart and super intelligent, 
So for her to have brain fog in her 30s was absolutely confusing, to say the least, to the point where just like with what everyone is going through, we went to specialists, we got tests done, and even though I had heard about some women from their implants because I had had experience coming from a family of doctors and knowing that the human body can reject any foreign body that's put into it. So it's not just breast implants. I've seen people in general reject things like pacemakers and pain pumps. And we all know about the lawsuits with the meshes. And they were just something with a, a contraceptive that one of the major companies is taking off the market. And so for the body to reject something that Mother Nature did not intend for it to be permanently put into the body, it's not that shocking that a woman would reject something as large as breast implants that is so close to vital organs like the lungs and the heart. And in my wife's case, it was a progressive condition of symptoms that were increasing, getting worse over the course of two years to the point where the last two months, literally, she could not work anymore. She was bedridden. And it just got to the point where even though I kept telling her there's a good chance it is your implants, again, no woman gets implants to want to get them out. You're looking for any other possibility that it could be, which is why you're searching out doctors and specialists and getting every test possible, but getting no answers. It's, it's futile. It's frustrating. And, you know, a lot of people would ask me, listen, you know, you know about this, you know, how come you didn't force your wife to get them out? Well, if I had forced my wife, you know, to, to get them out too soon, you know, and God forbid I was wrong. She'd never forgive me and probably divorce me. So I had to let her go through the process. It, I mean, it's true. A lot of people, if, I mean, if I was wrong, but it was something that she just had to go through. Uh, and the one thing I learned in all the women that I have dealt with is that every woman has to make two decisions with this. Number one, that they are both physically and emotionally ready to remove their implants. And then they have to pick the right doctor to do their surgery. And in my wife's case, it was literally coming home from work one day, and she was running to the door. I'll never forget it. And she just said, you're right, it's my implants. I want to get them out. I want to get them out immediately. And I just said, okay, what happened? And she just said she was online and just read a similar story, and a light bulb went off, she said. And she realized, oh, my God. This is me. I've got to get my implants out. So this was before even knowing the doctors that I work with now, but it did take going and consulting with four doctors until I found one who I knew knew how to perform the surgery correctly. Because again, I know about the surgery process. I have been an expert hundreds and hundreds of explant surgeries and filmed 
many of them. So I know how it's supposed to be done properly. So it did take me four consults with her and finally found the right doctor. He did a great job in the removal of her implants. And in fact, one of her implants, which was silicone, um, was ruptured. Um, It was ruptured to the point where the implant itself was basically, in the doctor's written terminology, was disintegrated. And it's one of the most extreme ruptures that really has ever been seen. I mean, there's pictures of her rupture all over the internet. But with that being said, I do want to clarify that this illness known as breast implant illness is not about ruptures. It's about women that are getting symptoms and side effects from their implants that are intact, whether it's silicone, whether it's saline, and that's because the outer shell of the implant, regardless of whether it's silicone or saline, is made up of silicone. And a lot of women are shocked to know that, well, I have saline, but you have saline inside your implant, which is only beneficial if you have a rupture, but you're still getting silicone. And what happens is when scar tissue forms around the implant, the capsule itself, which is the scar tissue, absorbs all of these 37 neurotoxins that are in the outer shell of the implant and all the heavy metals. And like a sponge, it leaches into the body. And basically, the immune system then reacts with an inflammatory response where the body is basically rejecting the implant and attacking itself and causing this subset of symptoms that women are suffering with. And this is what is termed within the community of women that are suffering as breast implant illness. So it is a very, very debilitating condition. And it's something that thanks to you and many others and myself are trying to bring more awareness to this. So do you, did you find that while your doctor, while your, while your wife, while your wife was going through this process that her doctors too didn't, believe her um, or that did she try to indicate um, anything about her implants or the possibility of, see, the issue with me is I've tried to declare it an emergency with my doctors, but unfortunately they are like, no, it can't be your breast implants. So help the public understand why the insurance company doesn't want to pay for it and why the doctors are not declaring this an emergency surgery with all of the bad um, symptoms that either myself or any woman would be having? Well, that's a great question, Rachel, and I'm I'm really glad you brought that up because this is what will make a lot of people aware of what's really going on with this challenging condition. And the the first thing I I try to educate women on is that when you're dealing with mainstream doctors is that 
even though within the community of women that are sick, they term this breast implant illness, to mainstream physicians, there is no such thing as breast implant illness. Unless it's listed in the PDR, the physician's desk reference, it doesn't exist. So if you walk into your general practitioner and you say, doctor, I think I have breast implant illness, he's going to look at you like you're crazy, which happens to many women, unfortunately. They call it crazy woman syndrome. And I think most women have experienced that, unfortunately. Even my wife did. But when you say breast implant illness... I know for illness, sure I did. Yes. And when you say breast implant illness to the mainstream doctors, because it's not recognized as an illness, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. It doesn't exist. So what I tell women is that don't use the word illness. It's okay within yourself. That's fine. But dealing with mainstream medicine, you kind of have to play the game a little bit, and you have to play by their rules and what they know is acceptable. And what you're having from your implants and being sick is the same thing as when you take medication. And if you try to picture medication, we all know that when we take a prescription medication, every medication has side effects. In fact, in medical school, they teach you in order for a medicine to have an effect, it has to have a side effect. That's why in all the commercials, the listings on the labels, they all list side effects because they're chemically based. and they're going to have side effects. So the side effects and symptoms that medication causes, they don't call it medication illness. They call it side effects and symptoms because it's a chemically-based material that's ingested into the body. Now, let's take it one step further. Let's look at breast implants. Most people don't know what breast implants are made up of. And they are made up of, and again, this has nothing to do with what is inside the implant, whether it's the silicone or whether it's saline. The outer shell of the implant is made up of 37 neurotoxins and a whole bunch of heavy metals, predominantly platinum. So if you're introducing through surgery permanently or for many years placing breast implants in the chest cavity so close to vital organs like your lungs and your heart, it's almost ridiculous to think that a woman would not have side effects. If you get side effects from chemically-based medications, which have much less chemicals than breast implants, if you're inserting implants into the body, surgically putting them there, to think that no woman would get sick and reject them when we know the body can reject anything, it is beyond the realm of logic. There is no way that a certain percentage is not going to react. And it's estimated 
who get implants that based on the findings of who is considered the worldwide expert on breast implants, a Dr. Pierre Blaise in Montreal, he, who is very well qualified, let me state that he was the former head of the Canadian health system, which is the equivalent of our FDA. So I think he knows a little bit and he believes that women do get sick from their implants to the point where 40 to 45% of women over the course of time, most over about year seven and years 10 will develop some form of symptoms and side effects from their implants. So again, it's very important to understand that you're putting a lot of neurotoxins and heavy metals, a lot of chemicals surgically implanted in your body. So to think that you would not reject or get symptoms and side effects is, again, beyond logic. No way that a percentage would not react. And that's exactly what's happening is the immune system either can handle these chemicals or they can't. And that's why a lot of women that are sick, and I know you faced it, my wife faced it, you'll come across a lot of women that will say, well, I don't have any problems with mine. And you'll come across a lot of doctors that say, I never heard of it. Or you'll just, you know, face something where it's not really accepted into mainstream medicine as an illness. It's very much like fibromyalgia, which I most closely related to that. Fibromyalgia is symptomatic. This is a symptomatic condition. Very important to understand. There's no test that exists, which is the challenge where you can come out positive or negative where your body is reacting to your implants. But fibromyalgia is the same way. It's a process of elimination. They eliminate every other condition, and then you're left with a diagnosis of fibromyalgia. Same thing with this. Most women go and get tested, blood tests, scans, everything they can think of, and seeing a lot of specialists, and it's a very frustrating process. And Yeah, and they, and they come up negative. Um, normal blood work right. comes up negative. Correct. And nobody really wants to spend the money to do uh, extensive testing because of insurance costs. Um, but yeah, I'm. I have two. I have one more minute, and I have one more guest that's coming in. I know this. This is such a subject that we could go and talk so much about because there's so much yes, information. Can. There's so much information that pe- the public does that is just not aware of. Um, Again, there is no testing for breast implant illness. There is no testing for fibromyalgia, um, just as Jeff had stated. Um, It's all based on symptoms and things like that. And you definitely can't deny the fact that women who explant get drastically better after the removal of their breast implants. So I just want to say, Jeff, I really appreciate you being on the show tonight on Cage Fight Submissions. 
and I'm definitely looking forward to doing a few more podcasts with you. If you'll if you'll if you'll join me on them, that would be awesome. Absolutely, my pleasure. My thank pleasure. you, Jeff, thank so you much for having me on. Me. And so I here, absolutely Rachel. appreciate you. Thank you so much, Jeff. My pleasure. Have a good okay, night. take care. Okay. You too. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. All right. While we wait wait for our next guest, give me one second while we try to connect her. All right. So I hope there's a lot of information out there. The chat is still available online. Um, you can uh, give. Okay. Here we go. Um, you can definitely ask questions online in the chat room. It is definitely up and available. Okay, three zero three six seven. Um, zero two uh, six seven. That's what I should oh, three instead of a two. Okay, what is it? Oh, six six seven. This is. I'm sorry, guys. Give me a second here. I'm trying to get my next guest. Three three eight three zero two. I think we got it. She'll be calling here in a couple of minutes, a couple of seconds. Let's go back to live. Um, there we go. We're back, guys. I just had to get her the next guest connected. Um, hi, Ron. Thanks for joining me. Wait, you can fix this because I have no idea how to fix it. All right. So Dee should be calling in here shortly. Um, Dee is an, a moderator for uh, the breast implant, uh, healing breast implant illness by Nicole Dorada. She also had suffered from breast implant illness herself. Um, she was unable to, uh, she was very, very sick and pretty close to dying. She had her explant surgery and now is a lot better. <laughs> You're falling asleep over there. <laughs> Anyway, she'll be calling in here shortly uh, as soon as we get her the right number and get her connected. So give me a second. I can't really see my my vision is a little blurry at this particular moment. So pardon me. I can't see tonight. Part of the symptom of having breast implant illness is having blurred vision and um, obviously chronic eye infections. So I hope you guys are really learning from this podcast. Um, you're going to hear a different, you know, a story from Dee Hicks and um, similar to mine, if not worse. And it's amazing. It's truly, truly and utterly amazing. There's so much information and so much topic to talk about with this illness. Um, so I'm hoping that this is as informative as – hi, Dee. Hi, how are you doing, honey? Oh, good. I'm I'm hosting a show that I'm. <laughs> I think I'm doing okay. <laughs> Steve, can Steve you hear me might okay? actually join. Yep, I can hear you okay. Steve might yeah. actually join you uh, or join us and ask a couple of questions. I'm not sure. Um, I was just told by um, his wife that he may chime in, so which is good because uh, he needs to ask some questions. I actually have somebody who's filming this podcast, and obviously the podcast I went live with on Facebook. I am so thankful that you came on. I'm so excited because now you can share um, your story with breast implant illness, 
and how you became involved with um, what you're doing and all of those great things. So let's get started. I'm so excited. Okay. Well, I about about four years ago, I started getting really sick. Two years ago, it took a real nosedive, and I was completely falling apart. I had over 54 symptoms, and I had spent over $13,000 on doctor's visits, and everything came back normal. And the last thing I was was normal. I was very, very sick and declining rapidly, like yourself, every day. Um, I came across uh, Nicole's website from the support group, and um, it was like a blessing in disguise. It was a light bulb moment. And within six weeks of finding the website, I removed my implants and almost immediately I was relieved of probably 50 of the 54 symptoms. So um, during the time of being in in that group, um, you know, just supporting the women and helping them through the explant process and really coming to learn exactly why they affect us the way that they do. Um, and now, you know, you know that I'm an administrator for the support group. So we have almost, you know, 48,000 women in there. So we are seeing 200 join a day. All of them are sick. All of them are suffering the same as I was with skin rashes, breathing issues, sinus infection, fibromyalgia, fog, blurry vision, um, absolutely fatigue is not even a word. Walking dead was truly what I was. I couldn't even make it to the mailbox by the time I was rolling around to my explant. Um, being in the group for as long as I have and being able to support the women that I've been able to support, you know, you become, you know, so aware of the conditions that are causing these illness. I mean, is one, they're a foreign object to our body. That alone, like a splinter, it's going to eventually try to, you know, protect you, build a shield around it, which is the capsule, which is protecting you from the foreign object. But, you know, the fact that the silicone and both implants, saline and silicone, are both made of silicone, um, they have a silicone shell, the saline ones. Well, that silicone breaks down over time. And um, saline also has a shelf life and should never be stored at 98.6 degrees, like the body temperature ever. So women are getting sick, and they're getting sick from two major factors. One, the foreign object in the body, and two, the toxicity that is caused from the silicone. When that silicone down and there becomes like a gel bleed it's like it's like this mushy stuff that comes off the implant which is silicone and it gets into your lymphatic system it gets into your bloodstream I mean women are so sick from their breast implants and you know this isn't people think that there is like a small fraction of us that are getting sick when in actual reality a lot of these women that don't think they're sick from their implants are truly sick from their implants because their physicians are not putting the dots together. You know, okay, your implants are safe, so it can't be that. We put them in cancer patients all the time, which ironically that is almost criminal. But, you know, 
the 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 simple way to look at it is is that that foreign object and the aggressive chemicals that make up the silicone those are making women absolutely deathly ill. Now I see this on a whole nother spectrum. I see, you know, hundreds of women joining, you know, the breast implant group and that they're removing them and then they're getting better and it takes time, you know, it's a process, but I am seeing over and over and over again women that find the group, super sick, find a surgeon, remove the implants plus the capsules, and then begin the healing process. Well, these women are healing. We're being misdiagnosed by doctors, you know, tons of tons of money I spent going to the hospital, going to the ER, um, losing my job, all of this could have been avoided by one person saying to me, hey, you know what? Breast implants can make you sick. And it's not rare. This is way more common than we can all even wrap our brains around. And as well as, you know, the women with the anaplastic large cell lymphoma, the, you know, the man-made cancer that came from breast implants, you know, those cases are rising as well. It's a very, very, very sick, unfortunate thing that so many women are suffering when this could be completely avoided by one in being informed of, of these issues prior to, although I say, it, does, it does say on the implant, um, on the implants themselves, on the insert that comes with them, it does say that it may cause brain fog, blurry vision, autoimmune, everything that we are suffering from, it says it on the implant. So, you know, it isn't, it may happen to you, it's more of a case as it's going to. Oh yeah, really? Yep. Trust me, Steve. <laughs> What's Hi, up? Steve. Oh, that's you. I thought that was me. I'm like, what is all that background noise? I don't know what the background noise is. That that would be Steve. <laughs> he was the producer. <laughs> that is hilarious. Steve, you guys are at Eagles Eagles practice, and they just had a giant or or, uh, a Cowboys fan walk in and get them. It's pretty fun. (laughs) You got got a question? Why would you? Why would you? Why would a Cowboys fan go to Eagles practice? I don't get it. Oh, wait, because your 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 attention monger want to get booed. You're so funny, Steve. Hey, I I know you've heard the last show. Show you some love. I know you. What's up? I know you got a question. Do you have a question, Steve? Uh, who are you on with? I don't know. I've been. I've been. Uh, I am. I am on with. I am on with Dee Hicks. She is a survivor of breast implant illness and a moderator for the group that is growing in large numbers. Yeah, when I joined yeah, I mean, the group a year and a half ago, it was um, a little shy of three thousand members, and now we have almost forty-eight thousand members. And it's jump. crazy how it's crazy how much that uh, people kind of shovel under the rug things like this that goes on, and it takes you know for people like Rachel and other women to have to literally not just stand up but like scream, holler, and do everything they have to do just to be, just to, to, for people to pay attention to what's actually going on. You know, absolutely. You know, the kind of stuff that, that Rachel's had to deal with the past few weeks of, uh, of going public 
you know, t- you know, having the GoFundMe and everything like that, having, you know, these uh, social media warriors who, who like to go out there and, and badger people. I, I, you know, I can, I can't imagine, uh, you know, the stuff that, that, that you women have to go through with, with the trolls on social media and, and everything else like that. It's just, it's insane. And it's crazy that, that we have to go and put podcasts together and social media campaigns that, that, these medical companies won't take responsibility for their actions, and insurance companies won't, won't take care of their, their customers just because oh, we're, oh we're, we don't cover that. My, I, you know, I'm dying here. I don't, I, I don't want to hear that you don't cover that. Bill me afterwards. How about that? Yeah, I really. Bill me <laughs> I'm serious. Bill me afterwards, and you know, we, we, well, we can, like, we can talk about the money I after you save my life. I cost I cost my health insurance company. I know if I paid thirteen thousand dollars out of pocket over the course of one year, I cost them at least ten explants in one year. So had they just said, "Hey, you know what? Your implants could be making you sick, and we're going to pay for you to remove them," you know, women are having to jump through hoops, sell stuff, make GoFundMe's. You know, I had I had to beg family for money to get my explant because I had lost my job. I mean, it's just, it's so criminal. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the stuff that you guys have to go through just to, to get it out of you and get taken care of so you guys can go back and live in a normal life. Excuse me while I'm sneezing. Um, yeah, I just want, like I what? said, I just want to call and show you some love tonight, Rachel. I know, and I kind of think that changed place in this but no, this is this is your this is your your uh your show after all anyways. I know. I was I was like, um, Steve, really? You're gonna have to leave me alone today? Like, ah, okay, yep. awesome. I am gonna leave you alone. Oh my gosh. Well thank you for chatting with you, Steve. Wow. Oh, Hi boy. Steve. Oh, okay, but you're that, still there. I, I like, couldn't hear you, you broke up. Oh, okay. Then that's probably what it is. Okay, no problem. I appreciate you coming well, on, Steve, because I appreciate the love, because I tell you what, this is a lonely illness, and Dia will, will say it. When you don't yeah, I know. Support, and, that's why, and that's why I'm doing whatever I can to help you get the word out there. And, you know, I don't really have um, that kind of family support. I have my mom, but she's disabled, so financially she can't she can't help me. Um, yeah. My dad is a skeptic about everything. Like, oh, it's not your breast implants. Like, oh, you've had allergies. I have simple allergies, okay, but not the allergies I have now where I can't eat food. And so I don't have that support from my dad. He basically said, oh, you got yourself into it. You're going to have to figure it out. Um, Really? Okay. Thanks. So you're going to watch me, like, slither away into nothing, and that's how you're going to treat me. That's not good. So um, we're not uh, the best team. You don't need that negativity in your life, my friend. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> see, uh, it's, it's sad when you have your own family member that doesn't want to help, and that that's really sad. I'm his, I am the only mm. daughter, the only it child. Ha- it happens more often than you could possibly imagine, my friend. Yeah, it does, unfortunately. I am so thankful you came on and you got a chance to say hello. I told you I'd call in. I called in earlier and your 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 guest was rambling along. I didn't want to interrupt, so I was waiting until I had, a, had another free moon. 
No, I didn't forget that's that. Yeah. Okay. I still love you. You needed to do this that's anyways. Get out of that little cocoon you in. Spread your wings, homie. I'm going to spread my wings for sure, bro. I am. Thank you, Steve. I love you. Thank you so I'll, much. And these, <laughs> I love huh? you too, homie. And Dee's going to talk about, I love talking to Dee. Dee is like, she is like a pistol. She reminds me of you, Steve. Like, if I have an issue, <laughs> she's like, oh, you know, she's got no holds bar, okay? <laughs> so, um, I love her for that. But, yeah, thanks, Dee. So, Dee, you were, you were okay, where were we, where were we at with um, all this? Um, all right, Rachel, I'm, I'm going to get off because... Uh, I'm going to kill the rest of my battery. I'm going to show you some off. Okay, well, and, and, uh, you know, and enjoy the Eagles while you can because the, the New England Patriots are coming back. We're going to knock your crown off of getting into the store with left of your freaking practice. <laughs> Love you. Bye. I just want to. I, I love you too. Bye. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, Dee. I just had a, had a, we have this going thing about football, so. Um, but anyway, we were on the topic of breast implant illness, and we were talking about you, and we were talking about experiences. So maybe we could go back into this. Hi, Emily. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I really just shared that, you know, I did remove them, and, you know, I did have all those symptoms, and I healed nicely. It's been a year and a half, and I would say I am 100% back to me. And it was 100% my implants that caused these issues. And like I was saying, it's this isn't a rarity. This is way more common than we realize. You know, now that we are able to connect through social media and share our experiences, you know, we're seeing waves and waves of women that are just super sick like you are, super sick like I was. They remove them and they heal. But the breast implants themselves, now, the breast implants, the silicone ones, are much more difficult to heal from than the saline ones, to be honest, in my opinion. Um, I, I would say as that big blob of chemical, the silicone ones, it really saturates your body with just nasty carcinogenics and toxins that it takes a long time for your body to be able to expel that stuff. But, you know, our bodies are miraculous vessels and we will heal and you don't need a bunch of crap to take, you know, to detox yourself. Your body's going to do exactly what it was made to do and that is to heal and protect you. So I have no doubt, Rachel, that once you secure your funds to get your explant and you remove these that you're going to feel so much better and I'm sorry that you're suffering as much as you are, I, I know firsthand how badly it is. I'm, I'm so glad that you came on to do, do this kind of last minute. So I, obviously I posted some of the attacks and some of the things that people were saying, and mainly from men, um, there are a lot of women who have voiced the same thing as these individuals about it's my fault, I did it to myself, and, um, you know, you're the stupid bitch that did it, so you got to figure it out, you know? Hey, you know what? <laughs> Look, do I, do I own it? Did I get these implants? I sure did, you know? I own it. I got these, you know? But 
Would I have got them had I known that it was going to make me sick? Hell no, I would not have got them. I don't think there's a single woman in our group of 48,000 women that would have got their breast implants had they known the truth that they were going to deteriorate in their bodies and break down and make them deathly ill. You know, some women, the suicide rate is 33% higher for a woman with breast implants than for a woman without breast implants. Yeah. That's a fact. Let's talk, let's talk about that, D. I went through, and this was probably hard for my family. They, I don't even think that my daughter even knows, but I spent probably three days in my room where I was just, I was not a nice person, and I spent three days in my room, didn't want to be bothered. I was, I was sleeping a lot, and um, I was depressed. Like, I couldn't eat. I, I, I found out that I couldn't eat. I have a rash all over my face. I'm not looking as beautiful as people are, 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 you know, used to seeing me. It's embarrassing when people stare at you. And so I just couldn't handle it all. And then after that, obviously, four hours of sleep a night with the, the first T-shirt campaign, that was so difficult for me. And then the next, I spent three days like that, and then, then two days with suicidal thoughts, like, I can't do this anymore, I don't want to do this anymore, the pain is just, you know, nobody's listening, nobody believes me, um, I literally was at that brink of, like, I don't want to, I don't want to be here anymore, like, I, if this is the way the rest of my life is going to be, just take me, I don't want to be here suffering through this anymore, and, Nope. I'm glad that you touched on that, and that is part of the illness and what, what families and people are close to people who are suffering from breast implant illness need not to take it personally how that person is. They have to realize it is part of the illness, and it's nothing personal against any of the family members involved with that person. Yeah, and, and honestly, you know, I I was – so suicidal there the last two months, you know, I told, kept telling my husband, you know, I'm not going to make it. I feel like I'm being poisoned from the inside out. And literally that's exactly what was happening. We were being poisoned. And, you know, I have five kids, two grandsons. I am the most positive, happy-go-lucky person ever. And I've never had those dark thoughts ever in my life, but it was a combination of being so sick and feeling like utterly that death would be a relief. And it was also the other end of it is feeling like you're, you know, fucking crazy and no one believes you. And, you know, your doctors are looking at you like you're a hypochondriac or very sad. And, you know, that's why it is so critical for us to spread awareness for this cause because, you know, my misery definitely unlocks the key to somebody else and, so will yours, Rachel, and I'm really proud of you for all the steps you've done to try to, um, you know, secure funding for your explant. I mean, beg, borrow, do whatever you got to do to get the money to make sure that you get those out because they are just causing so much damage to your organs. Yeah, I've had a lot of um, hoopla about that. Oh, stop begging for money. You're such a loser. You have no idea the crazy ass messages I get in my inbox when I post my GoFundMe or the t shirts. That's why I wanted to do the t shirts because now you're not just donating, you're actually purchasing something, you're getting something for your donation. And 
you know, I thought that was a better idea, but it's a lot of work to market those T-shirts. If I, I don't have 100,000 followers, so I can't get 100,000 of my followers to buy a T-shirt because um, I don't have the, that type of following. But um, it's been – it's hard. And when you get comments of, like, oh, stop begging for, for money, it's like, why are you begging for food? Are you kidding me? I'm not begging for money. But what people don't understand is that you're on the brink. Your body is slowly dying. Like, your body is slowly at the point of, like, okay, I've overworked. I'm done. I can't can't figure this out anymore, you know. And what people don't understand is my body is breaking down, just like anybody else's body has breast implant illness. It's breaking down. Your body body is riddled with inflammation. So once – you know, once the scar capsules form around the implants, the inflammation starts. And, you know, no, there is no test to test for breast implant illness. But what you can do and what I encourage every woman to do is to go get a thermography. Those will sh- that will show you, it's, you know, it's, it measures the heat in your body and it will show you where the inflammation is by the colors. It's non-invasive. It's safer than a mammogram, but I would absolutely encourage anyone who thinks they may be feeling poorly due to their breast implants to go get a thermography done, and you can, you know, just Google that locally to yourself, but that'll show you the inflammation, and you see some of the photographs in the Breast Implant Illness Healing by Nicole group, you can, there are women who post their thermographies, you can see your thyroid is totally under attack. Your implants, the the redness under your arms. I mean, you can literally see from a thermography that your body is riddled with inflammation. Now, inflammation, once it takes over your body, it does all kinds of stuff. It's going to make your 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 eyes hurt, your head hurt, your you know. It also stems on all kinds of other autoimmune diseases from the implants. So here we are putting band aids on all these freaking problems when you know explant is the answer you know you you have to find a surgeon who is committed to removing the implant in its entirety and also your capsules um if you don't remove the capsules you know the you have a less likely chance of of healing actually it's like slim to none actually what most women that leave their capsules in trying to cut a corner, they end up going back. I would say 99% of those women go back in for a second surgery. So important to do it properly the first time so that you don't have to endure another surgery. And, you know, Rachel, the rashes and the skin issues, you know, that's something that I had from in the very beginning that, you know, I just thought was high, you know. And as soon as I removed my implants, my daughter was like, wow, mom, your back is so smooth. You don't have that rash that you've had pretty much the whole time. She's, you know, I got my implants when she was a year old. So she's only ever known me with this big, ugly rash that I always had come and go on my back all the time. Yeah, this um, this rash has definitely ruined my skin. I am so not going to lie about that. I... I am I'm so wanting this to be normal and I'm hoping that my skin will somewhat go back to normal. I know that there is gonna be some permanent scarring and some permanent damages. But I well, am, really I'm really definitely you know what, I would think tell you for sure. So your 
your body is trying to protect you from your implants, okay? So, like, I had cuts, spider bites. I had stuff that wouldn't heal at all, scars that looked ugly. Well, it's because all of my body was fighting in one direction. So as soon as I remove the implants, and this is going to happen with you too, your skin's going to clear up, scars are going to heal. It, it is amazing how wonderful the body fixes itself after we've done the damage that we've done. Children, I mean, obviously women do get back to being somewhat normal afterward. I mean, that that is like obviously um, what we all want. There is hope for for those who are still waiting to explant. So I just want to say that for those who haven't explanted yet, there's still hope, right? There's still hope that there are some things that will be reversed. Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen people diagnosed with lupus. Then now they remove their implants, they don't have lupus anymore. I've seen women diagnosed with Lyme disease remove their implants, now they're testing negative for Lyme. So breast implant illness, it definitely piggybacks a lot of other issues. So, you know, the doctors are doing their best to try to diagnose us, but, you know, if if the implants don't even pop into their head, which some of them, you know, my doctor was, I was very lucky after, you know, I lost my job and my health insurance, and then I found the website of Nicole's and then I found the support group and I removed them and I went back to my doctor like a year later and she was like wow Dee you look so good and I said well thank you I said I finally figured out what was wrong with me because she was baffled I mean my father's a chief medical officer at a hospital he ordered all the testing for me my doctor couldn't understand what was wrong and she said what was it Dee what was what was wrong and I said it was my breast implants and she said you know I've got a couple of other women that are my patients that, you know, are are having the same problems as you. I wonder if they have implants. And I said, well, I'm willing to sign up on my, off on my HIPAA, and you are welcome to give my phone number out to anybody who thinks they might have it because I will absolutely talk to them and guide them through. That is amazing. That's amazing when you actually are able to have the surgery and go back to your doctors, and that is exactly what I plan to do once I have this surgery is to go back to all of my doctors and say, bam, here you go. Bam. And, I'm definitely and honestly, wanting, you know, wanting they're not doing it to be, it's like, you know, they, we are, um, we are educating the doctors as well. You know, they, they, they believe that they're safe too. They have been robotically trained to say, Hey, you know what? Oh, the FDA approved. So it must be Okay. Well, if the studies were um, performed by the implant manufacturers and paid for by the implant manufacturers, then those studies are absolutely bogus. I mean, it is just to be so angry. Yeah, I have to tell you, after watching, um, oh, my gosh, The Bleeding Edge, or I hope I'm saying that correctly, after watching it, I finally got to watch it, but after watching it, I was like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense like you would think that like FDA you have to go through all these processes and they really do all these studies and all of those things but then you're finding out from this documentary the the bleeding edge correct me if I'm wrong um 
they actually show you what the FDA is like a big party with these businesses, with the with these big breast implant companies and implant companies. It's a big party to them. It's like, oh, okay, you want to approve? The, okay, great, you're approved. It's not like, yeah. oh, well, let me see your scientific information. Let me see your yeah, year-long process. It's, it's just horrible. And at the expense of the American people who, you know, are entrusting in our FDA, they're a fucking joke, excuse my language, but, you know, n- not just implants, you know, it comes across with, like, like on the bleeding edge, all kinds of medical devices. They're passed right on through. There's no scientific testing behind it. And, you know, it's, it's just that you have to be your own healthcare advocate. You know, like I said, yeah. you know, when I spoke to you earlier today, you know, you just got to go in there with your game face on and say, this is what I want done and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, be done with it because it, you know, there's a, a lack of compassion coming from doctors a lot of the times. I don't know if they're overworked or, you know, they should really just take the time to listen to their patients and really hear how they're feeling and what's going on. And, you know, we are seeing a lot of, you know, some of the top surgeons, you know, on Nicole's list that are keeping records now of all the, you know, sick women that they're taking care of, like Dr. Fang, Barnett, Dr. Chun, who's, Dr. Chun is fantastic, you know, they are all documenting and and keeping track of what we are going through. And so, you know, this is going to come to ahead at some point. I mean, women are removing their implants by the thousands now. I mean, this is a, it's, this is a huge movement and women are realizing that we were lied to. We would have never installed these toxic shit bags into our chest above our lungs and our hearts had we known that we were going to end up toxic sick from them. You know, when I got my implants, I was, I was told they were lifetime devices. Well, then somewhere along the lines, they said, oh, now you got to remove them every 10 years. Was I notified? I wasn't notified. All the women that I know that got theirs, you know, in 2001 when I got mine weren't told that they had to remove them every 10 years. And who the hell is going to go through surgery at, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old every 10 years? Like, obviously, they knew that women start to feel sick gravely ill, obviously, by the 10-year mark, everyone I know. But, I mean, we have women with ruptured silicone implants that have been in for less than two years that are big blobs of, like, jelly that should never, ever, ever be inside of a woman's body. It's criminal. And that's good that you um, you touched on that because – I'm at my, I did count, I'm at the 11th year because I got mine done in 2007. And that makes mm-hmm. sense because last year when I got introduced to the group, I was pretty freaking sick. And so that I remember. tells me. I remember me, when you came to the group. Yeah, yeah. And so it's interesting. I touched on that earlier about our bodies being, you know, our bodies at a certain body temperature and the breast implants technically should not be inside your body, it should not be above a certain temperature. That's why you can't go tanning. You can't do the uh, infrared 
saunas and be in jacuzzis and be outside laying out in the hot sun at 100 degrees. So mm-hmm. I, they were never told that, hey, you can't, you can't go to the tanning booth with breast implants. Nobody ever said that to me. And nobody ever said anything to me about, oh, well, it shouldn't be in a certain, you know, uh, type of temperature. Or that saline implants or saline itself has a shelf life. And it's not 10 years because as many times as I've been to the emergency room, I asked them, I said, let me see your IV bag. I want to know when it expires. And sure enough, you get a year out of those saline bags, if that, she said. Then they expire. They have to dispose of them and get a new saline bag with new saline solution in it. Yeah. So, so in the hospital, they have to replace it. But it's okay in your chest at 98.6 degrees, come on, or 98.5, whatever it is, 98.6. Exactly. And, and I'm just, the more and more research I'm doing, do you know that, I don't, you probably know, I don't know, I did a lot of research over the last couple of weeks about lawsuits, and I just kind of stumbled about it. There are three women currently with allergen smooth saline implants that have um, that lymphoma cancer. They have current cases. They were just filed this year in March. Oh, yeah. I know of I know of about 30 cases that were filed this year. So that's, we that's, can safely say that, right, we can safely say that the lymphoma cancer, I can't, ALC, I don't really know what, like, you could probably alliterate what it is, but um, we can safely say that both saline and and silicone implants, whether they're textured or not, can cause this lymphoma cancer. Absolutely. Saline, silicone, smooth implants, textured implants. I mean, you name it, there's an absolute direct link to cancer with those implants, 100%. Can you tell everybody what the name of that cancer is? Hold on, you're breaking up a little. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you tell tell people what that um what's the exact name of that lymphoma cancer? I can't I don't know what it is. It's like associated something um what is it called? It's a rare just type in rare life uh rare Breast, can- breast cancer, lymphoma, I'm associated sorry, with breast implants. A little bit. Can-, can you hear? Can you hear me, Dee? Dee, can you hear me now? Dee. Uh oh, I may have to take you off speakerphone and actually talk to you. Can you hear me, Dee? Hello. Hello. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me, me, hear me Dee? Hello. Hello. Maybe she's gone. She's gone. She's no. Gone. I think she left. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yes, you are still alive. She is okay. Well, hopefully Dee will call back in. Well, we've got about four minutes to the show. Um, and on cage side submissions, obviously we appreciate everybody joining in. I must have a cell phone error or a cell phone issue. That doesn't surprise me because it's Sprint. Um, so, sorry, guys. If you have a Sprint cell phone, don't use it for Blog Talk Radio. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I just want to say this. 
Oh, this is back on. Dee, are you on, honey? Yes, I'm back Hello? on. Can you hear me? Hello? Yep, I can hear you. I can hear you. Hello? What? Good, good, good. You can hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. I can hear you very okay, well. So I was I was trying to answer. It's breast implant associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma. B I A L C L. Okay, we're trying to fix the cell phone that's on live. So hold on a second here, because I want people to hear that. Okay, that's enough. Stop it. Okay, what was that cancer? It's breast implant associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma. So the BIA stands for breast implant associated, and then the ALCL is anaplastic large cell lymphoma. And this cancer is only linked to breast implants, if if I if I'm correct on that, because that's the only thing I've read that it's associated with breast implants. This isn't something that an average woman can get with not with not having breast implants. Am I correct on that? Right. It's it's directly related to the breast implants. Yes, it's caused by breast implants. Okay. And obviously we have I don't know how many carcinogenic um toxic chemicals we have in our breast implants, but even to have one carcinogenic, obviously a carcinogenic causes cancer. So even having one carcinogenic chemical is still a huge risk risk for developing a that type of cancer. Yes. So we've got, and, and to list, we've got what is it over forty toxic chemicals now that are that make up a breast implant. Yes, over forty. From what I'm understanding, there's arsenic in our implants, which obviously we use arsenic to kill rats, and it's like a poison that we use to kill off mice and, and um, obviously rodents and whatever else they use arsenic for. But I also learned um, arsenic is in rice. I didn't even know that. Yep, it sure is. I just read that recently. Yeah, so I learned that. I'm like, well, I won't be eating a lot of rice. <laughs> so I was using rice as a filler because vegetables, obviously. Oh, okay, 18 seconds. That's okay. Um, it doesn't matter if it goes over D. It just means that it won't It won't be live, but we are still live on um, Facebook. So I, I think it's it's awesome that the awareness is out there because I tell you what. Now, I I want to say this. So those who say, well, you're a stupid bitch for getting your implants put in anyway, and all you wanted to do was make your tits bigger. Well, let me tell you something. That is not true. Number one, I didn't get them so that my my boobs could get bigger. I got them because I wanted to get into modeling, and I was told that my breasts were ill-proportional. The agency I was dealing with, and, well, I did my research. I got my implants in. And so I just wanted to say this. It's nobody's fault that anybody put breast implants into their bodies. What's important is women are dying. How many women have we lost? We lost two probably, what, in the last month or so? We lost two. And as far as the numbers I go, I'm I'm learning that we have lost 400-something-odd women from breast implant illness. They're no longer here with us anymore. And that's just what we know about. I mean... (laughs) There's there's way more than that. That number's a lot higher. Yeah, I, exactly. And that's just what we know of. We don't know 
you know, women that have had their breast implants and have died, and they've just declared it, oh, well, she died because she had lupus. Yeah. And that's the sad part. Yeah, that that is the sad part, is that we'll never know how many have already died from breast implant illness. Um, You know, I... I'm just going to say this. I'm going to continue to raise awareness. I don't care about my naysayers. I'm still going to try and raise the funds to get the surgery done. I have been ridiculed. I know how to handle you people now. So if you want to come at me and be negative, I now know how to handle you. And um, if it's not positive, I obviously don't want anything to do with it. And I am so glad, Dee, that you came on tonight and – you know, you oh, you're shed welcome. some light yourself. I am not alone, people. I said there were thousands of women, almost 40,000 women, who are sick or have explanted and have gotten better. Um, when more and more women are sharing their stories, all walks of life, uh, not just housewives, not people that are like me, single moms working, uh, models. You've got Playboy models. You've got, I mean, you've got so many people. Women, you got actresses, celebrities are removing their breast implants by thousands, by huge numbers. Why is that? You have to ask yourself, why is my favorite superstar don't have big boobs anymore? Why did she remove her breast implants? Well, those stories are out there. You got to take the time to read them, educate yourself, and get with people who have breast implants. You can save a life. See? There are so many people who don't have implants, men, friends, family members that may know somebody who have breast implants. And even to drop the seed, like you said, Dee, to drop the seed into their lap and say, hey, this woman just shared her story. I just want to share it with you just to make you aware that the implants you have could make you sick. It's a huge impact and it's going to get much bigger on a larger scale, and people don't understand that. It's going to it's going to get much bigger. I agree. I agree. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for inviting me on and for spreading awareness. I really appreciate it. And you know, I wish you the best of luck with your GoFundMe. I hope you get the funds together and get your explant soon, so that you can start the healing process. Thank God. I love you too, Dee, and I appreciate you coming in last minute. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, and I'm sure we'll be working together soon. <laughs> I'm sure absolutely, we're going to cross paths. Absolutely. I'm coming to Florida. I'm going to come visit you, damn it. <laughs> you should. Come on down to Florida. I love you, Rachel. Thank Take care, you. sweetheart. Thank you, honey. Love you too. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. You will now listen to... K-Side Submissions with Rachel Blaze, talking about breast implant illness. If you want to be real, we're talking about boobies, okay? We're talking about save the tatas and what you don't know about breast implants. Tune in for the next show. I don't save the tatas. This is MMA Fight Music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition.